Kevin and Mike are here to give you great news. Nice. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Great News with Kevin Ryder and Mike Catherwood. Yeah, baby. Nothing but positive, uplifting stories. Nothing but positive. And if you like it, subscribe or, you know, tell people about it, your friends. And uh, we certainly appreciate all the positive news stories that you guys send us. In fact, Kevin, later on, I'm going to tell you about a story that I did that someone heard and then tacked on some more great news. Oh, fantastic. So it's all a big chain of love. Fantastic. <clears throat> Intro! The show's about to begin, bro! Say hello to the happy goodbye to the blues, because Kevin and Mike are here to give you great news! Now, normally we do uh, six stories. I pick three, Mike picks three. But yes. today we have a special episode. 62-year-old Joseph Valadez... Am I saying your name right, Joseph? Yes. Valadez is joining us, and we want to talk to him about his incredible journey of a life. This is another, uh, it's essentially like the beautiful flower of great news. We highlighted Joseph's amazing story uh, a couple weeks back, and now we thought, hey, he's local. Let's talk to this man who has one of the most inspiring stories we've heard in a very long time. So here he is joining us on Great News, 62-year-old Joseph Valadez, who just not only became a graduate at Cal State Long Beach, but graduated on the dean's list, ladies and gentlemen, with straight A's. Woo! I'll tell you, I never did that. Hey, Joseph, welcome. Good morning, my brothers. Um, Joseph, look... Being a 62-year-old person who decided to graduate from college, that in and of itself is an amazing story. But what makes you such an inspiration to anybody who hears about you is the fact that you spent half of your life in jail and somehow then decided to transition into becoming a college graduate with stellar grades. That, that's unbelievably remarkable. What, what kind of inspired you as you were in jail to make the decision to draw the line in the sand and say, I'm going to change my life and I'm going to commit to it? You know, that's a good question. But let me let me say first and foremost, I got to say this, uh, and I say this in all my interviews. Look, today, I don't have no animosity. I don't have no grudges. And I got no hate in my heart. I have to say that because I grew up in an era where it was ugly. And, and, uh, my story is that I loved doing drugs and I loved all the street life and I loved all the drama that went with it. That's my truth. Did, how, the, how, did the, you, how did you get rid of the anger and the grudges? And I, I feel like it would be natural to hold on to that stuff. Well, you know, I don't know if you guys are aware that I was a, I'm a product of the Salvation Army. And I have to say a shout out to the Salvation Army uh, Adult Rehabilitation Center of Anaheim. For that, I'm internally grateful because, you know what? A, they took me in when nobody else wanted me. And B, they gave me the opportunity to stay there for a year. And for lack of a better way to say it, it's, uh, that's where Joseph found Joseph. Right, and it, knowing that was a faith-based uh, uh, 
rehabilitation center. I hadn't been in church in 40 years before I said I went there. Wow. And, and, uh, then people gave me the, the life tools that I, I didn't have. And Joseph, look, I, I, I am so touched by your story just based on the story alone, but also because I feel such a, a personal inspiration. I'm, I'm a drug addict in recovery and, uh, I grew up here in LA, but I grew up in a relatively affluent neighborhood with a very supportive network of people around me and who were really committed to trying to help me. And it was still fucking impossible to try <laughs> to get clean and stay clean. What, what did you have to, when you say you found Joseph, I, I can only imagine it must've been unbelievably difficult to try to not only get clean, but to maintain sobriety when you had all these other outside sources of struggle of adversity of of, of trauma that you were dealing with um really what what was it that you found inside yourself that kept you going well <clears throat> i have been abusing drugs for 43 years 38 as a heroin addict my thing was that I got tired and I wanted to just stop putting needles in my arm. And we know the, the disease of addiction is indiscriminate. It doesn't care if you're from affluent neighborhood to the, the poor neighborhood. It indiscriminate. You know, you could have the biggest uh, uh, resource uh, uh, support group there is. And if a person's going to want to use, it's going to use, you know. Um, uh, the Salvation Army. Uh, taught me the meaning of doing soul searching, looking within myself, loving myself. They, they, they tell you that we're going to love you till you learn how to love yourself. I didn't love myself. I didn't know how to love myself. I hated myself. I hated the, the reflection that I see, that I saw for many years. I hated that person. And, and, and gradually it didn't, it didn't come overnight. Uh, gradually, uh, with the, the, the classes, uh, the mentoring, the one-on-one -on -one with the counseling, I learned the whole concept of loving oneself. And by the way, uh, April 16th of next month, I'm gonna have eight years clean. Yeah! That's fantastic. Woo! That's really great. What, if you don't mind going back just for a second and catching us up, what prison were you in? Why were you in there? How long were you in? I mean, I can't keep track of all that. I tell people when they see me, uh, they're, they're, wasn't I busted with you in the prison? And I go, more than likely, yeah. <laughs> it goes, uh, uh, which one? Uh, he goes, he goes uh, which one do you think it was on? I go, pick one. I've been to damn near every one of them. And, it, and, then, and that's just, uh, <clears throat> I never did time like uh, 10 years or 15 years at one shot. No, it, it was the increments of two, Three, five, three, thirty-two with eighty, thirty-two with eighty. What happened is that I didn't, I didn't like the uh, the the structure. I didn't like the rules, so I ran. And most of the violations, I I've been in prison forty times. Wow, seven terms and thirty-three violations, and I didn't. I ran on all of them, all of them, all of them. I never reported. 
I always put my tennis shoes on, and I used to tell them, catch me if you can. And they and did. That, that's, <laughs> Unfortunately, oh, yeah, they 33, did. <laughs> uh, four, 33 times, you know. <laughs> and how much, but, how much uh, of it was just being essentially introduced in your life to that world, to that world where the the adult mentors and role models that you had they gang bang, they use drugs. That's that's part of the deal. That's what you have. How much of that was what molded you to become a man who was doing that? Because it sounds like instinctively inside you weren't that person, but you just kind of fell into doing that. Oh, it's funny you should say that's a good question because, you know, I tell people, uh, your environment has a lot to do with it. And, and, and uh, I have to emphasize, nobody put a gun to my head. Nobody twisted my arm. Nobody. My mom and dad raised me up with good morals and values, right? They were hardworking uh, parents living in a working class uh, neighborhood that was predominantly Mexican. And and the thing is, you got to remember, this is uh, the early 60s. I was born in 1958. So the the, the culture back then, you know, the hippies, the, the, the free love, summer of love and Everybody was taking psychedelics. Everybody was taking uh, barbiturates. Everybody was smoking pot like there was no tomorrow. And and I was seeing that as a kid all around me. And and I wanted to emulate that. I wanted to I wanted to hang out with the with my older brothers and my older cousins because I seen the women and the uh, that were hanging around with them. And I thought that was so cool that, that I wanted to emulate them. At what age did and, you start? taking drugs seriously? Well, seriously, I'd have to say, I had already experimented drinking at, at the age of 11. I come from a big family, and, and when they'd have family gatherings, by, you know, once they start getting loose, there's half cans of beer lying around. And right. and so as a kid, I'd go, me and my cousin, we'd go stink and go drink it, and, you know. But to seriously, seriously start drinking, it was uh, summer of my sixth grade going to the seventh grade. I had to go to work with my dad, and, and uh, my dad told me that they weren't going to buy my, my clothes no more for school, that I had to go uh, earn them. And and that that first job that I went, my dad was a cement, uh, cement finisher all his life. And I, I went as his labor, and and I, sh I just shared this story. <clears throat> I don't know if you know uh, familiar with the construction trade, but all the construction workers generally, at the end of the day, they all gather and you know they might pound a couple at yeah. the end of the tailgate, pass a hat, go somebody goes to the store and go gets beer. First day, my dad went and got the beer, came back, threw everybody a beer. He, he threw me a soda. Okay, second day, go to work, same thing, eight work, eight hours, whatever it was, nine hours. It was a hot enough summer, I remember the summer. <clears throat> but my uncle went. And so when he came back with the beer, he did the same thing my dad did the previous day, throwing out beers, throwing out beers to everybody. And then he looked at me and he threw one to me, right? <clears throat> and I looked, and I was surprised. And I looked at my dad, and my dad, man, if looks to kill, I died a thousand deaths. And then he's giving that same look to my uncle. My, my uncle what? Then he worked, he worked a man's job, he gets a man's drink. 
And that was the beginning of the end. I yeah. tell you the truth. That's because a- it just made it legal for me to get, get drunk. And then from there, I started experimenting with everything else. Yeah. Barbiturates, uh, uh, weed. Uh, man, all that summer after payday, come on. I'd go with guys my age and we go start drinking and, and, and experimenting more. And it gradually uh, graduated into uh, heroin. I, I, I did my first, uh, I snorted heroin my first time when I was 15 years old. Wow. Now, mind you, I had already seen uncles. I already had cousins. I had childhood friends that had already overdosed and died. And so there was no way, no how I was going to stick a needle in my arm. But it was okay because I started it. Right. You know? So that's, that's a, how I justified that. That's an unbelievably popular story. I mean, I can't tell you how many times that, that, that same story has been, been echoed. And you touched on something that I think is really, really important. And it's something that I've seen happen so often, not only in my own life, but with other fellows that I share um, experiences with in recovery. And that is there is a, a real cultural aspect and also very honestly, like a, a bit of a, a gender thing that goes on with drug use, drinking, and also with recovery. And what I'm getting at is I, I have had so many people have been like, hey, man, what, what can we do to support you? And, and uh, if you don't want us to drink around you, that's great. All that blah, blah, blah. I've also had, you know, extended family members and stuff that are like, dude, you, what? Have a you, drink. You can't have a beer. You're a grown ass yeah. man. You worked hard all day. And, and that looked, I'll be very honest, was a very ethnic, cultural kind of divide. Also, I've noticed, man, the the guys that have the hardest time in recovery are real legitimate tough guys. Guys like you who've lived on the street, been out of jail, uh, military, construction workers, because since we're little boys, we're told, kind of walk it off. If you're having an issue, if you're having any type of problem, there's an easy way to deal with it, and it's called pretend like it doesn't exist and man up. And was that an issue for you when you were kind of coming to the to the realization that you had a problem did you feel reluctant to open up about your issues did you feel reluctant to try and and reach out to people because you were in this culture of very masculine kind of tough guys who were taking the john wayne ethic you know that's a good question but in all actuality i love getting drunk i love getting loaded and i never got drunk just to get I never, I never knew what the word social drinking was. Never. <laughs> I always drank for effect. You know, I loved getting uh, uh, shit faced. Period. You know, and then uh, when I was introduced to uh, barbiturates, man, that was uh, even better, man, because you just take a, drop a couple of them pills and then uh, drink a beer or two, and then you're, you know, you were off. So you're sixty-two years old now, and at what point in your life did you say? I'm done with all that. I'm going to start taking classes, get an education. At what point in your life did that happen? When I was 55 years old. Three months short of 55 is when I went, it went into the, the Salvation Army. Wow. And that changed my life. It, well, I, when think you what, I think what's fascinating to me about that is that if you've lived 55 years a certain way, it's... 
I would think it's over. That's you. That's what you're going to do. That's how you're going to live. The first half of the book is one way. It's probably not going to be any different the second yeah. half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mind you, mind you, I got eight OGs. Three of them were all purple. Wow. And when I share, when I get when I get asked to share, I'll say, you know what? A cat ain't got shit on me. I've used a cat life for five more. And that's my truth. Yeah. But did did the idea of a college education ever seem like a fairy tale to you? I mean, I, I would imagine because look, I'm 42, and I, I'll be very honest, and I'm not in jail. Uh, I, the idea of me enrolling in college right now and then graduating and graduating with good good grades with honors, yeah, seems fucking impossible. It doesn't seem realistic. How how did you? You want me to tell you the truth? Yeah, yeah. This is where I told you at the beginning that I have no animosities. I got no grudges and I got no hate in my heart. I got a loving heart today. I had good grades. You got you to gotta think, at 62, for two semesters in a row, I made straight A's. I was on the the, the, the president's honors list for, for that, right? I made the dean's list twice. Because I had a 3.5 at the spring semester, and I finished with a 3.67 overall for my four semesters at, at, at Cal State Long Beach. So at 62, do you think I had the same potential at, at 16, 17, and 18? Well, to be honest, yeah, kind of. Because not only do okay. you... I this mean, is my ahead. point. Yeah. This is my point. I had very good grades in high school. They weren't as exceptional as they were now because of my extracurricular activities, when, sure. even in high school. I took three aptitude tests for three counselors. The first one told me, Joseph, you got an excellent uh, aptitude test. You could be a good mechanic. <laughs> the second one told me, Joseph, you got a good aptitude test. You could be a good construction worker. And the third and final one told me, Joseph, you, you, you took a good aptitude test. You know what? You could be a good landscaper. You see the pattern? Yeah, sure. sure. What, why? Never never was I encouraged to. Joseph, you know what? You got good grades. You, you, can, you might be able to go to Harvard. Right. Or maybe you might go to Berkeley. Or maybe you might go to Stanford. Or the jobs. Maybe once... you're going to be a lawyer. Maybe you're going to be a doctor. Things that you could reach for with your aptitude. Again, test. I already know what the, the what the deal was, and and you know what? Again, I ain't got no animosity behind it. It was what it was, and, and I'm not going to sit here and, and and get into the history of that. Because by the way, I I got a history degree when I was in a community college, and yeah. and uh, it it is what it is, you know. Right. And how much of a how much of a chore was it for you to remove that animosity? Because as Kevin pointed out, I think you have justifiable reasons to have anger, regret, Well, going to shame. prison made me a racist. Yeah. You have to be a racist by choice. Um, by, uh, 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 you, you have no choice. Either you hang around with your own race or, or you were um, dealt with, you know, and, and that's just the way it was, you right. know, and, uh, and I'm telling you, going to the Salvation Army let me understand all that and let go of all that. I, I, I got no animosity. I got no hate. I have to say that each and every time because I don't. Huh? You know, uh, uh, 
Today, I, I, I try to do things. Uh, uh, no, I do things with a loving heart. Right. You know, I don't care. I'm all inclusive. I don't care if you're rainbow, if you're orange, if you're green, if you're blue, whatever. You know, uh, I love everybody the same. Uh, you know, it's counterproductive for me anyway, for me to, to, to have all that, that old animals. I'm on a bigger uh, plane, which, by the way, uh, this past Friday, I was a... Uh, I was accepted into the bastards program at, at Cal State Long Beach. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yes. That was when, my next question. When we told the story, you were still waiting to find out if you were going to be accepted. You know what? Uh, I found my re- I found religion when I was in uh, Salvation Army. And, and, and I had a hardened heart. My heart was so hardened. And it's like, I never knew what, what compassion was. I never knew what empathy was. I never knew what love was. And above everything else, I didn't know what responsibility and integrity was, you know. Those those words were never in my, my vocabulary. And I thank the Salvation Army for helping me understand what the words mean and, and how I use them today in my 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 vocabulary. And and I use them with love. Integrity is a big one. Yeah, I was going to um, ask you, uh, could you have ever have dreamt of you being a person who doesn't have anger and isn't, you know, doesn't hold grudges and stuff like that. But you just answered that. There's no, those words you didn't understand. You know how many scars I got? I don't know if you can see it. I've been hit with everything possible. Don't matter. Two by fours, baseball bats, uh, uh, belly clubs, rifle butts. And that's just a life. I, I don't get into the things that I did because a lot of it was evil. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 like I, I tell people, I share this. Um, when I was sick and wanted to get loaded, there was no way, no how you were going to stop me. I was going to get it one way or another. And sometimes I wasn't nice about it. And, and, and that's my truth. You know, but, but, uh, for me, there came a time that I got sick and tired of it all. I got yeah. sick and tired of, of sticking needles in my arms. I got sick and tired of the prison politics. I got sick and tired of my neighborhood politics. I got sick and tired of, of waking up sick and wondering whom I'm going to have to beg, borrow, or steal. I got sick and tired of it all, man. I, got, I just got so sick and tired. I was done. Please help me, somebody. Help me. And I, I have still to, have that. I'm sorry. I have two more questions. One is, please tell us what it was like on the day you graduated. Um, they haven't had a formal graduation yet. Oh, that's oh, right. Oh, because of COVID. You know, they have one plan for the end of the spring, which is like a virtual in May. Right. But uh, I've already had it arranged at the the. Once the because they're on COVID restrictions to the Salvation Army, the yeah. uh, Anaheim, I'm gonna do a similar ceremony there. I'm gonna put on my robe and we're gonna walk in there. Yeah. Which, by the way, this this Friday, I forgot to tell. You, I'm gonna be on the Kelly Clarkson show. Oh, great! Hell yeah, man! And and Joseph, in closing, are you comfortable now with the man in the mirror? Ah, that's a good one. I tell big people in recovery. You in recovery, you know. Look, I tell people, look, it's not what you think, what this guy thinks, whatever, whatever, whoever uh, thinks. 
at night, when I go to bed, when I get ready to go to bed, I go brush my teeth, man. I look at that at, at that reflection. I go, man, you know what? You the shit. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you honestly, you what? are. You know why? Why? Because for a lot of years, I used to say, you know what? You're a piece of shit. Yeah. And Joseph, you honestly, I want you to genuinely hear this. When I look at you, I see someone that I admire so greatly. It brings a tear to my eye. You're you're a true hero and an inspiration to everyone. And uh, you should feel very good about yourself. And you should tell yourself you're the shit when you look in the mirror, man. And, and Kevin and I both are so touched that you would take the time out of your day to talk with us. And uh, I, I wish you nothing but... Can I, can I, can I say one last thing? Of course. Of course. Look, I've been telling people, look... Uh, I didn't want the notoriety. I do. I really didn't. I'm a simple person today, you know. But I, I, I don't. God does things in my life. I'm living proof of it. That He's opened so many doors and put people in my life. So, if 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 it takes my story to to motivate, if it takes my story to inspire, and above everything else, if it takes my story to give somebody hope, so be it. Uh, you know, I'm more than willing to, to spend whatever amount of time to put that, 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 that message out. Well, it gives, I'm doing this, it gives people I'm doing all this of for, those things. It really does. I'm doing this for nothing, nothing. I don't expect nothing. Right. I don't want no money. I don't want nothing. Because when people think on me, hey, uh, go find me, uh, 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 cash out. No, 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 no. I'm not doing this for no money. All my life, I took, I took, I took, I took, and I took some more, not giving a damn. And today, it, it, I, I do everything contrary to what I used to do. And that's give and give with from, with a loving heart. You know, because it don't mean nothing if you don't give it with a loving heart. If you're just going through the motion, just give it. Don't, don't do that. Man. Yeah. You got to do, do it with a loving heart. Thank and you, And that's Joseph. what I do today. I got to tell you, Joseph, you are an inspiration. And both Mike and I have spent very little time with you and love you. Yeah, you're it's amazing, true, man. It's true. Thank you, my brother. Thank you so much for everything, Joseph. We appreciate it. If nobody's told you today that they love you, know that I do. Thank Thanks, you, man. God bless both of you guys, man. Thank, Thank you, buddy. You. God bless you. That's what I'm talking about. Wow, look at him. Woo! That's what I'm talking about, <laughs> man. That's really moving. Yes, Honestly, it is. I'm so glad we got a chance to talk to that guy. Uh, we should wrap it up. What what else can we do? No, nothing. Right? All right. <clears throat> Outro! You know what I'm talking about, bro! Say goodbye to the... <laughs> say, say hello to the happy goodbye to the blues because Kevin and Mike just gave you all the great news about Joseph! <clears throat> Kevin and Mike are here to give you great news! Nice. <laughs>